0: you're listening to the Align and Expand podcast, join your host, Lauren Runyon, in conversations that will inspire you to intentionally create a life you love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 64 of the Align and Expand podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Runyon, and I am so glad to have you here, have you back, whichever it is. Today, I am going to be talking to Lindsay Yoakum, and we are having a conversation about healing. And self expression through movement and healing of trauma through movement. I feel like this conversation is a little bit different because Lindsay is actually just someone that I know through family or kind of I know of through family. And she's not out there, you know, doing this side hustle or entrepreneurial gig. I should say, she's a student, she's a yoga teacher, she's passionate about this message because of what she's been through. I feel like it was really brave of her to come onto the podcast and share her story and continue to share her story like she does on Instagram. So I really appreciate her coming and doing this because I know that her message is powerful and I know that it's going to help someone out there who may not realize they're disconnected from their body or... That there's something they can do from having past traumas or past events in life that has caused you to be disconnected from your body. So she's just sharing her story, sharing what it was like for her, things that kind of like light bulb moments or instances that happened in her life that made her start to go down the path of healing And how it looked for her as she continues to evolve in her life and come out and, you know, get honest with being her authentic self and her sexuality and all of those things and what it's been like for her in her body as she's done those things. So I hope that you love this conversation. I hope that you will go give Lindsay a follow or just reach out and say thanks for being brave and sharing your story and and spreading the message about healing and movement and self-expression and being your authentic self. So thanks for being here. And I hope you guys love this episode. Hi, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am very excited to be talking to you today about the power of movement and healing through movement and really starting to open up the dialogue for people on what this actually means and like learning Mm -hmm. to get out of their head and into their body. So I'm so excited to have you here chatting with us. I'm excited to be here. I've never done a
1: podcast before. So this is, (laughs) yeah, it's cool. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. Like I told you when I first reached out to you, the the connection that I was like, oh shit, I need to have her on the podcast because you are friends with, I guess she's technically my niece kind of through Mm -hmm. marriage, my niece. And I know that you followed me on my other accounts and I don't even know if we've met in person. Maybe we have at one of her events. No. No. No, I don't think so. Okay. so And then like I I just must have read your bio. I know I would have gone to your page and read your bio. And then the importance of movement for healing must not have been on my radar then. And then when I saw it again, I'm like, oh, I have to have her on and have you share your experience. (laughs) So thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing me to stalk you. Of
1: course. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm a very um, open person on social media. So... Um yeah, I mean what you see is kind of what you get and I I've been um I've been diving deeper into like movement over the last few years so yeah, I've I've kind of started to like turn my social media pages more towards that just because it is such a huge part of like my life, of my job, everything. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Well, before we dive in, I'd love for you to just tell everyone a little bit more about who you are and what you do. I know you're in school. I don't even know like what you're in school for, if it has anything like related to what you're doing and, you know, the things that you do related to movement it would be fantastic.
1: Yeah. So I um, I am going to school. I'm going to college for digital marketing um, and um, teaching yoga and like, I guess like yoga-based fitness. I think that's what it says on the website of the studio I teach for. It's it's a passion of mine. Um, and I, I don't even consider it to be a job because it's just something I've always loved to do, whether it's like practicing or teaching. But I, I guess that would be like a job I have is teaching fitness. And then, um, yeah, I'm going to school full-time. I'm working full-time um, and then teaching movement on the side. So I'm very busy. Um, but yeah, I wish I could make teaching like yoga, my full-time job. That would be my dream. But, um, for now I'm just doing it here and there on the side. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah well, you totally can. <laughs> you can yeah. totally make that your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one of the, love, the things that I love about your message, the things that you're sharing on Instagram, and something that's so important to me and my philosophy is that I believe that if anybody is out there sharing stuff, it should really be from an embodied approach. And that mm-hmm. it should be from, to make it the most authentic expression and to make it the most impactful for the people who are looking for guidance and following, it should be from a place of the person practicing and doing the things that they believe to be true. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think that you can have the most impact on your on your audience or you know, I, you're not even sharing necessarily right now to maybe have an audience, but you're sharing because it's so important to you. So, right. I love that that is also it sounds like a, a passion of yours and the importance of yours because you're not just teaching, you're t- you're teaching because you know the impact that Yeah not just fitness. I guess I want to say too, this kind of as a sidebar that this conversation for anyone listening, isn't about fitness. This conversation is about healing and about learning to disconnect from the mind. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Out of, out of the head,
0: out of the mind into the
1: body. That's like what we always say at the space where I teach, like it's such, everybody is always just walking around like in their like monkey mind, you know, like thinking about like what do I have to do next? What, how many bills do I have to pay? How much money is in my bank account? Like, does this person like me? Oh, I have this appointment. Like we are constantly going as humans. It's like ingrained in us to do that. And movement just in general is so healing for dropping out of your mind, out of like your overactive thought system and grounding yourself into your body. Like, I mean, the first time that I was fully, like fully present in my body was in a yoga class. And it was in 2014. And like, I, it was the first time that I had ever actually been in my body. And Mm -hmm. it was, it's, it sounds weird to say that because I was like, 19 or 20. And it's like, how, how do you go your entire life without being actually being in your body? But it just something just clicked. And like, I don't think a lot of people even realize that they're not like physically present in their body until they are put in a situation where they realize that they're not, you know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could we dive into that? Could we dive into Uh, a little bit more about your story and like Mm -hmm. what happened, like kind of what you were dealing with, what led you to realize that you were disconnected and what that looked like for you. Because I know this is a very personal experience and anyone who's dealing with, you know, whether it's trauma or healing from anything, everyone's experience is going to be so different. Mm -hmm. And just because this is how you describe being out of your body and clicking in doesn't mean that's what it's going to be for everyone. But I would love for you to just kind of share what that was like for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I um, I grew up in a very, um, my therapist calls it a very like enmeshed system where we are all so like suctioned to each other, my siblings, my parents, like me with them. And um, it wasn't, you know, my, my parents did the best they could with my childhood. And they, you know, I don't think they intentionally caused Harm, but they they just had certain like ways of discipline that have caused a bit of a trauma response in my body. And I didn't even realize it until I was in my first serious relationship. Um, I had just graduated high school in 2014. And um, I had been dating this guy for like a year. And um, I was so unhappy, but I was like, tricking myself into thinking that he was, like, the man of my dreams, like, you know, like, just bullshitting myself to stay comfortable, and um, I remember one time he, he like, was, like, running at me to, like, tickle me, like, being playful, but my body just went into this, like, I, I'm assuming, looking back on it now, it was probably, like, freeze mode out mm-hmm. of, like, fight, flight, or freeze, and I my entire body went numb. And I just started like, sobbing. And I remember in my head, I had this like flashback of something that happened to me as a kid. And that's kind of when I started to realize like, okay, like I am not in my body, like, I should not have had such a large response to my boyfriend just running towards me playfully, you know, so I kind of just began to like explore that a little more. And a friend of mine um, told me that I should try yoga. And I, I had a very um, messed up relationship with exercise at the time. I was going to the gym, like forcing myself to go to the gym way too much. I did not have a healthy relationship with food. I, um, I, I struggled with disordered eating for years. In high school, and, um, but I always thought like it's not it's not bad enough for me to need to actually get help for it. Like it's not a big deal. It's normal. Whatever. And so, my first yoga class I went to, I, I mean, I had to like be still, and I didn't know how to do that in my body. I just remember being so uncomfortable and wanting to like leave I just everybody was just so into it and I was just like oh my god like I'm crawling out of my skin I don't like this like I don't like this feeling and I remember the teacher just saying like you know like use your breath to stay in the present moment and become aware of what's coming up don't judge it and don't be afraid of it but how can you sit with it and like sitting with it is where you learn to to like kind of like go to this place where you can realize that you are capable of sitting in your body like you the it's not about the pose but being in the pose is what makes you realize that you are capable of being in discomfort and not shutting down and not running away and not numbing out like you move through the poses you never stay in a pose for 24 hours you know like you get out of it and you move on and that was when i was first like okay like something is happening in my body that feels different but it feels like i should have started this 10 15 years ago like it it felt like i was home for the first time in my entire life and I just started going to yoga. I went like every day and then I took teacher training um, and got certified to teach. And um, in that process, I ended the relationship I was in. Um, I uh, began to um, come to terms with my sexuality more. And um, I ended up um, just getting certified to teach and um, and then I think like two or three years later, I came out and um, that was also like a huge, it played a very big role in me again, like coming home to myself, feeling safe in my body and just feeling like reassured in my like physical container, like knowing that my body is a safe place for me to be. hmm So yeah. And then I ended up meeting my, um, my now wife and, um, along the way I started practicing at the studio she goes to, which is, um, the space in Brighton. And, um, I auditioned to teach for them and they hired me. And the space is like, it's like a whole different level of like using using movement to heal the body. Like it is something I have never experienced before. And so teaching there and practicing there made me dive deeper into like different forms of movement instead of using them as tools to punish myself, using them as tools to heal my relationship with myself, my relationship with others, and just learning to be more grounded, like in my body through these different movement tools
0: mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It does. And I love that like one of the things that you have in your bio and and just to kind of throw it out there mm-hmm. because and I'm saying this because I do work closely with a lot of people and mm-hmm. they don't realize they're disconnected from their body and they don't even realize what it means to be disconnected from their body or yeah. or the behaviors that they're doing that keeps them disconnected or how it may be showing up. So it could be as simple Mm -hmm. as showing, like, it could be as simple as having severe anxiety, but Mm -hmm. numbing it with scrolling on on Instagram all the time, because that's checking out of what you're feeling in your body because it feels so uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. it's something I I say that example, because it's something I catch myself doing. Like when I'm stressed at home, because I'm stuck and I'm with this might sound really bad, but I don't, I don't love being a stay-at-home mom, but I am a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's times where I'm like, this is really stressful. I'm going to scroll social media and I know when I'm doing it, I'm checking out because I feel really stressed in my body. And so that's a, that's an example for anyone listening. Who's like, I don't know what the fuck this means to be checked out <laughs> it's like when yeah. you feel uncomfortable it could be stress it could be anxiety it could be dealing with a past trauma it could be dealing yeah. um and i know that my audience has heard me say trauma as big t trauma as little t like little mm-hmm. t traumas can just be continually like having a boss that's a dick to you all the time and you like yeah. dread having their emails coming and yeah. you start to check out and disconnect from your body because mm-hmm. you don't it's a safety mechanism probably you know learned, I would say also from childhood, but also Mm -hmm. so that your body's like, this is too much stress. This is what we're going to do to (laughs) to stop I,
1: I remember, I mean, I remember being a kid and being yelled at by like my mom or my dad. And I remember, I distinctly remember the moment I learned how to do this. I remember staring at them, but not hearing what they were saying, just seeing their mouths moving and like, like removing myself from the room, like mentally removing myself from the situation. And my therapist calls it calls it like turning off the emotional faucet because I literally have learned to shut off my emotions and shut off like my physical body, like feeling in my body. And, you know, like it, it was obviously something I learned as a child, but I didn't even realize I learned that until I was like 20 or 22 years old. Like it was just so normalized for me that it was my go-to like safety mechanism when things were uncomfortable. And I'm not even talking about like, you know, it would happen with like big T trauma, but even with like little T trauma, like I remember the first time I got into a disagreement with my wife and I literally just shut down. And I like didn't cry. I, I didn't talk. I literally just stared at her and she was like, what? Are, like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is going on? I'm like, hello, you know? And I, I was just so removed. And like, through my, my relationship with my wife, through like going to therapy and moving my body, it's helped me to realize like, okay, I'm doing this. So what are the tools I have in my toolbox to bring myself back in and actually process what this person is saying to me? Because it's not always a threat, even if my body perceives it as a threat. It's not always a threat. Sometimes I just need to like learn to talk to people, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like uncomfortable or like if I'm anxious in a in a new situation, you know, like sometimes I just need to learn to like focus on something external to bring me back into the room or back into the conversation. But yeah, I mean, it's not always this like big catastrophic event, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of people associate like a trauma response with a
0: big event and it's not always, that's not always true. Right. Right. It's not, I mean, I would say it's, like unfortunately, I the more people I work with, it's these little things that, that accumulate. It's the middle school crap that you deal with when you, when you're in middle school. It's the it's your parents. You know, like you said, your parents were doing the best they could. Our parents are doing the best they can, whether it was right or wrong. Everyone's doing the best they can in the given moment, and yes. I. I, I, you you said a couple of things that I just want to throw out there again, just mm-hmm. so that we are having this dialogue and people are listening and they're like, oh, I'm doing this or like, where can I explore? You said that you shut down and you freeze, and you mentioned earlier there there are several responses, especially according to the polyvagal theory, where we can we can go into fight or flight, and if it's too much for our flight or flight, we do drop down into like this. We can do all kinds of things. We can fun. We can people please. So if you're somebody mm-hmm. who's people pleasing all the time and you yes. are like. Doing things that above like you, it's more than just like, Oh, I'm going to do this to be nice. It is like constantly putting other people's needs above your own yes. or like you're saying not, um, or like completely freezing. Or for me, mine is always like instant anger, lash out, not normal, like anger. It's like, it's rage, you know, it yes. goes up on that scale. And so I'm saying that because when the importance of not even just movement, but getting from your head to your body, which I know that you can talk more about when we are in those situations, we stay on our head and we're like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking angry right now. Or I'm like, so yeah. you just like focus on what's happening in your head mm-hmm. versus like, okay, wait, wait let me tune into my body and then you you can start to have the conversation with your body and realize like yes my body thinks i'm in danger but i'm really not in that that danger that originally caused this response
1: yes yeah and i my therapist i mean god bless my therapist she's on maternity leave right now and i have been like lost without her like it has i've been managing but you know it's just she's taught me so much about different Um, like somatic tools to use when you're in that, like, fight, flight or freeze response, you know, and like, I mean, I, we can go into more detail into this later. But like, one of the tools she gave me was like squeezing my arms, just squeezing up and down my arms. And um, I was in a situation about a year ago involving a few members of my family. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. But um, it was actually, I'll just say it, it was like my my wedding uh, reception. And um, in some of the photographs the photographer took, you can literally see me just walking around squeezing my arms because I was, that's how I was coming back into my body. And like, it doesn't always have to be this big thing, but there are, you know, it, it's funny because like, it doesn't always have to be, more often than not, it's not like, a big T trauma, but also more often than not, it doesn't take this like huge exercise to bring us back into our bodies. It can be something as small as just squeezing your arms or maybe like pressing your hand into your forehead and pressing your other hand into like the back of your skull, like just doing some sort of, you know, like grounding exercise to bring yourself back in. It doesn't have to be this big thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So since you brought that up, let's talk a little bit more about that. Like in your experience, you know, you because your your studio has that, you see more than just this little bit of um, like one-sided movement. Like it sounds like you guys do all kinds of things. And because you've had several years of experience on your own, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: just like you're saying, the somatic tools that your therapist is teaching you, like what Let's talk a little bit more about healing through movement, what it looks like. I know we've kind of touched on it, but just so that what we're saying and it's more clear to everyone, like what we mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like at the space we, we teach, I don't even want to say like traditional yoga because what even is traditional yoga anymore, (laughs) but like, it's more so like, um, you know, so we have a class called the calm and that is, um, I would say it's more of like a yin style class. Um, it's a lot of grounding poses. You would, you know, do like some grounding movement. Um, but it's not anything high intensity. Um, but you know, if you are, um, new to movement or even, um, you know, maybe you have, um, a background involving some sort of trauma, um, the calm is a great place to start because it's very gentle on the nervous system. And it's not, um, you're not being thrown into this, like burpees, jumping jacks, scream, you know, like that kind of high intensity movement that can kind of like activate our fight or flight sometimes. Um, and then there's the fusion, which is more of, um, I would say more of like, A vinyasa style yoga class so it's we incorporate more flows into it Um, there is some like grounded core work um, but there's no voice release no hit Um, and then the third class is the release class which is like the space's signature class Um, I believe and I Kelly if you're listening to this I might have this information wrong so I apologize but I, I think that the owner, um, kind of like came up with the style to use it as like a healing tool because it's, I mean, there's literally everything in this class you have hit. So you'll do burpees. And when you stand at the top of the burpee, you'll just let out like a yell. Um, so we incorporate voice release. Um, you'll do jumping jacks for an entire song, um, or you'll do some sort of, um, Um, like cardio, like to get the heart rate up. Um, You do, sometimes a teacher will just play a song and have people scream for the entire song and just use the voice to release. Um, But a big part of the class is like kind of pushing your body so that you have no choice but to be in your body and out of your head. You know, Mm -hmm. like you, you literally don't have time to think about like what your grocery list is or what you know like what you have to do after yoga like this the classes are so like I don't I don't want to say intense but the classes are very intentional
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that you you are in your body you know and mm-hmm. there's just there's different levels um I would say if you're new to yoga or if you do have um, maybe um, a background with trauma um, and you're not completely comfortable, you know, moving your body in the way of like hit and cardio, I would I would suggest um, the calm or the fusion. Yeah, yeah. But
0: what about for like people who aren't necessarily in Brighton, like yes. and like they, they want to start doing some things. And, and I want to throw this out there before I forget because. Anybody who's listening and they're like, oh, I could never yell. That's very normal. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I could never like this is all a part of the healing process and being able to let go of the conditioning or whatever has happened that's made you feel like I can't like I work with a lot of people who are like I'm like who, who have this like when we tune into their body, they're like, it's in my throat. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't scream. I can't talk. A ton of people, their trauma or their experiences is is stuck in their throat. And so Mm -hmm. then it's like trying to learn how to speak their truth or trying to scream and they don't have that ability yet. And so it's very normal for you to be listening and be like, Nope, couldn't do that. (laughs) And to note that it's okay to take it slow.
1: Yeah. So, so, I mean, the space has um, they have like a virtual platform Um, people can, you know, we record the classes and then they're available either when the class is live or after. Um, but there's also, I mean, so many Instagram and like YouTube channels that you can use. So, um, I know for me, I follow somebody, um, her name is Maggie Hayes. Um, I think her Instagram handle is, um, it's Maggie Hayes and she is, um, like a somatic teacher. Um, And she posts these little videos of how to get into your body um, using like somatic work, breath work, yoga. Um, And I think she has, um, I don't know if she has a YouTube channel, but that's one that I primarily use and it's free.
0: So, you know, it's accessible. What what do you, what would you say to someone who is not necessarily looking for some kind of, uh, of. Exercise or thing that is necessarily geared towards releasing or healing, but Mm -hmm. wants to just learn how to deepen their awareness with their body, with their normal, whatever they currently do, whether it's walking, whether it's, you know, whatever they do for their normal. If they already do yoga and they already have a place that they're doing, Yeah. What do you, what are some of your tips that you give to your your students about how to get into Mm -hmm. their body while they're doing it?
1: Yeah. So I use a lot of um, verbiage like, okay, so let's say you're, let's just say you're standing. So if you, if you're walking or even if you're just standing on your yoga mat, um, just feel your heels get heavy onto the ground. Just don't tense your body and don't try to manipulate it, but just sense where your body is naturally in relation to your yoga mat or the grass or the pavement and just take an inhale and as you exhale just let your body feel heavy and just let your body grow heavy on your mat and then if somebody is in in like just taking a yoga class i would just tell them to if they feel safe enough in their bodies to close the eyes and to focus on where their breath is feeling heavy in their body. So sometimes if I'm in a yoga class and I am feeling a little anxious, sometimes I feel my breath kind of getting stuck in my chest or my belly or my back. Um, so I would just either focus on deepening the breath there Or sometimes I will come out of the pose and sit on my mat and literally just rub my chest to try to like break up that anxiety. Um, But if we're talking about general poses, I would just recommend them to focus on anything that has to do with um, sensation. So feeling your fingertips stretching, feeling your palms pressing into the mat feeling your right ribs stretch if you're coming into like a side bend or something. Yeah.
0: Those are, those are really great tips. And I like how you're saying that and it's, it's, if someone were to be doing a yoga pose, or they're at home, or if they're walking, it's stopping the chatter and going in and be like, okay, where? What do I feel? What do I feel right now? <laughs> you know, not where. What is it I'm feeling? Do I do I feel anything?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then when when you're talking about sensations, so people have just a, a couple more things. Sensations can be like what's heavy, what's light, what's cool, what's hot, what's mm-hmm. you know, um, what feels. I don't know if I said heavy and light. I think I did, but any, any kind of sensation. So if they're walking and they're like, well, I don't think I feel anything. Okay. Well, do I feel pressure when I'm putting my foot down? And it's learning yes. because there's people are so disconnected from their body. It is learning to like, what is it I actually feel at at this moment? And can I go in and feel it? Because there's some people where I, I take them. And I'm like, okay, let's go into your body. And they can't. <laughs> and if you can't, yes. then maybe it's like slowly explore it, but also maybe, it's time for a therapist or something because right. <laughs> there is a reason you can't go into your body. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I
1: I, I I teach um I teach like I teach a calm at the space and I, I I've been working a lot of trauma informed cueing into that class because um we're holding the poses for a long time. And I mean, sensations come up and sometimes they're not comfortable and you know, if you have a history of not being in your body or being disconnected, it can, it can be very like heightening to just be thrown into sensation, you know? So um, sometimes I just, I, I'll, I'll tell people like, you know, like recognize where the sensation is, recognize where the feeling is, and then bring your focus point to something external. So maybe you come into your body, you're feeling your hips opening. And that is a little too much for you to feel right now. So maybe you bring your attention to a speck of dust in your eyesight and you focus all of your energy on that speck of dust. Or maybe you focus on the ceiling fan that's moving and you just focus on one blade that you see swirling in a circle. And then when you're ready, maybe you bring your attention back into your body again Maybe you bring it back to your hips. Maybe this time you feel it in your shoulders. So you come to your shoulders a little bit. And then once it gets too intense for you, again, exit, bring your focus externally. And when you're ready, come back in. So -hmm. like you don't have to dive into this experience if it's too much. Mm -hmm. But I never want people to think that there's only one way to do it. And I think offering those different options gives everybody wherever they're at on that spectrum like a safe place to land in a class you know Mm -hmm. or even just if they're at home on their mat or if they're going for a walk you know bring Mm -hmm. the sensations in don't judge them but just feel them a little bit if you feel like you're at your edge and you cannot handle it then expand again
0: yeah yeah, I'm so glad that you, there's a couple of things in there that you said that I'm glad you did. And and one of them is that um, that pendulation, that swinging from one thing to the next, can be used not even just in movement. It can be used when you're feeling too much stress in your day. Yes. You can you can use that anchor, like creating a positive anchor that is calming to you. So learning in in that process, like, oh, right now my body feels like it's overwhelmed, I can... 10% be here but also 10% anchor into something that feels really good and then come back and slowly work into that moment. And I love that you said what you're telling them to do isn't to be 10% in your body and 10% 90% in your head judging yourself that you can't be in your body. It's 10% in your body, come back out, 90% focusing on something outside of your body, still not in your head judging that you can't be there judging like Oh, I'm so terrible at this, or this person next to me seems to be doing really well. I love that you said yeah. that. Yeah. And
1: I mean, I also always, always, always remind every single person that takes my class. And sometimes people laugh, but I'm just like, I, yes, I am teaching you, but like, you are your teacher. If I'm telling you something and you don't want to do it, don't mm-hmm. fucking do it. Like, lay mm-hmm. on your mat the whole time, close your eyes, or don't close your eyes. I don't give a fuck. Like, you are here to have your own experience yes, I'm guiding you through that. But everybody's body and everybody's story and experience is so deeply personal and so different, that it would be ridiculous of me to expect everybody to have the same experience in every single pose. And there are times where I tell people like, if this does not resonate with you, you always have the option to come out and do something that does even if it's you know, like playing on your mat or sometimes I will be cueing a yoga flow and I'll have somebody in the back just jumping up and down and like waving their hands and shaking out their body because that's what feels good to them. Mm-hmm. Like giving, giving someone the option to choose is so, so important. Like I cannot stress that enough because oftentimes if somebody is not used to being in their body, more than likely, they've never had that option to make a decision about being in their body or not. It's always been like, oh, I'm not safe. So I need to exit my body, or I don't have a choice but to be in this situation. You know, so giving somebody the choice, giving, letting them make that decision, even though, you know, I'm guiding them through it is so like, I that is probably one of like the most important tools that I've learned as a teacher is to offer that to people to give mm-hmm. them the choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was going to be the next thing that I, I wanted to say that I, I'm glad you said, and you referred to it earlier, which people may not know, especially if they're not a yoga teacher or even go to yoga classes, but that trauma informed approach, I don't, you know, I don't know how many studios do that or how many people n- know. And so just to anyone listening, who's in any type of class, if it doesn't feel good, then don't do it. <laughs> and like like you said, if, if closing the eyes, if, if you've avoided going to a yoga class because closing the eyes isn't safe for you, you don't have to close your eyes. Or you can take a soft gaze. Or like know that you have permission, whether the teacher's saying it or not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it may not be a studio that's so open to Moving or doing whatever people don't even know that they can do that, like if cat cow doesn't feel good and you want to like wiggle all around, mm-hmm. that's what you should be doing, and that's what it means to be in your body and to and to yes. learn to like listen to what it is that you need versus what somebody's telling you to do
1: yes yes, yes 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 <laughs> yes, yeah, so like yeah, and i mean i something that has been like vital in my own like narrative with my body is being able to choose because growing up, I didn't really have a choice, you know, like I had to obey, or if I didn't listen, then, you know, the consequences were not good consequences. So having the ability to choose, like, I want to push myself today, I want to do the burpees, I want to do the voice release, or no, that doesn't feel good in my body today. So even though I'm in the class, I'm just going to sit and close my eyes or I'm going to move my mat and put my legs up the wall. Like being able to have that say is so important. And it also offers students to be able to to differentiate like where their edge is because it's not the same across the board,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when you said about like when you, you didn't have choice growing up, people also, what comes up when you when I work with people and also I can only imagine if you were to go to a yoga class and you're the only person that goes to pull your legs up the wall, you know, or or they, you're like, oh, shit, somebody's judging me. This isn't safe. Mm-hmm. People are do that. That yeah. also activates something. Anybody who's listening, you know, it's always, you can always... Tell your teacher, pull him aside and be like, hey, this is my first yoga class and I don't know how it's going to go in my body and I may just go into child's pose or I may just lay there or, you know, and also I think it's important since this is really turned into what it's okay in a, a class is like anybody who is open or wants to explore this. And you're worried, like you can tell people, like, I, I don't know if a teacher will offer, usually they should before they touch, but you can say no touching. Yes. <laughs> so that's yeah. just another thing to throw out there. Like you can go to a yoga class or you can go to one of these classes and just pull the teacher inside and say, Hey, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, I don't want any touching. I may not close my eyes. I may curl into a ball, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've learned to, um, always, always, always ask, Permission. If I'm going to be giving a physical adjustment, normally, if I know I'm going to be teaching a class where I'm going to be offering adjustments, I will ask everybody once in the beginning, usually when everybody's eyes are closed, um, I'll just ask them to put your hand on your heart if you do not want an adjustment today. And then if I go up to adjust someone, I will ask them again, because sometimes they may have changed their mind between like the first minute of class and the 20 minutes in, you know, Mm -hmm. and then at the end of class, we give um, head massages, and we put like cold washcloths on people's foreheads. And I have, I've, ever since starting my like mini, um, like somatic training that I've been doing trauma informed training, I have learned to ask, Even if somebody has been to my class, even if they're a familiar face, I always ask the entire room, put one hand on your heart if you do not want a, a head massage or a washcloth and shavasana. Because if somebody's eyes are closed and somebody comes to touch their head, like it can be jarring to them if they're not expecting it. And like, once again, they, it's up to them to be able to choose whether they want to have that experience or not.
0: Mm hmm.
1: That's just so important.
0: What else do you think is important for this conversation for anybody else to know when it comes to healing through movement from your experience or even just as a teacher?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that it's important for people to have a place to process how they're feeling because I've learned that personally for me, you know, if, if I'm moving my body and something comes up, it's not always the appropriate time for me to like just start bawling or like, you know, like sometimes my body will just shake and I, if I think just having space to process that while it's happening, but also process it after it happened in your body Um, is very, very important because if you don't take the time to process it, it's still going to be stuck in your body. Then you're going to have to keep going through that over and over and over until you actually move it in and through and out of your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I would also just want to let everybody know that it's not this quick process. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not this like it's Instagrammable moment. It's not something you can just put a filter on and have it look perfect. Maybe it is for you, but I've oftentimes personally found that it's not um, this like beautiful, like pretty process. Mm -hmm. Something that I've had to work through is being comfortable that it's a very messy process for me to go through. I don't like when things are not perfect. Um, And my healing with movement has not been perfect. It's been very messy and, um, just very emotional. And that's something that I didn't realize. Um, that's how it would be. That's not something that I realized going
0: into it. So what did you think it would look like? Because I talk with a lot of people who don't like things to not be perfect. So I just would like for you to share that.
1: Um, I thought I was going to like, for example, I thought I was going to come to this class, my first class at the space and just, um, jump up and down and maybe cry a little bit. Um, but I did not expect to, um, to have such a strong response to it. Um, and I also, something that I've learned because I've learned that I've had such a strong response is Um, that I, I mean, it's, I, I like, I, the first time that I, I, the first time I had like that strong of a response through movement, I, um, I had to kind of like let go of some walls that I put up around like crying in public or Mm -hmm. being, um, not being seen as like put together. Um, because I like snot was dripping down my face, you know, like my face was red, like it wasn't this beautiful thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that the more you dive into it, the easier it gets to, to like, know that it's not a perfect process and to know that it's messy. Um, because obviously the first time it happens, You've never been through it before. So obviously it's going to feel like, oh my God, I don't like this. This is not me. But I would just recommend and encourage people to not shy away from it when it happens and to give yourself permission to be a human being who feels all spectrum of feelings. And if, if you're crying, let yourself cry, you know, if you need to close your eyes and just breathe. And deepen your inhales and your exhales in order to let the tears come, let them come. Don't try to stifle it um, because the only way that, like I said before, the only way that you will learn to feel safe in your body is to remind yourself that you're safe when the messy moments come up, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that you have some like, you're not in it alone, I would recommend that you have someone to talk about your experience with whether it's a therapist, or maybe like a coach, or um, maybe even just a friend or a family member. Um, or even if you just like journal about it, just getting it out, instead of being the only one processing it, because it can feel very like what the fuck is happening, you know? hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of my question and and something else I wanted to add is, is what are some of the things that you you do to process it? Because it may not be the right experience, but also still need processing once if you do go through that, you know, there's a whole of going and processing like, oh, I just cried in public <laughs> or I just let that go. And also to say that it's very normal to go to a class or to do movement or even if you were to... Uh, be alone in a room and turn on music and start dancing and moving however you wanted to, for it to feel emotional because yeah. you are moving the stuff out. Stuff does get stuck in the body, but also sometimes we don't even know the the buildup that's there until you apply more pressure. And yes. then it's like, it pushes it like a clog right off through. And you're like, yeah. what, what is this? Like, why yeah. am I sobbing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I credit um, a lot of being able to safely work through this stuff to my therapist because mm-hmm. she is she um, is like somatic um, trained. She is like trauma trained. so she knows, you know, if something happens and I have an, a, a physical or an emotional response, um, she knows how to process it with me. Um, instead of just giving me like regular therapy tools, you know, um, mm-hmm. and obviously that's not accessible for everybody. But um, I mean, there's also so many books. I mean, I've I've read even just on my own journey, like within my therapist's maternity leave over the last few months, I've read so many books on, um, you know, like the the polyvagal theory and. You know, like different ways to calm the nervous system, whether it's through movement or whether it's, um, you know, through like writing or breathing. Um, So I would, but yeah, I, I would say that having a person that you can talk to is the most important thing. And I think personally for me, having my therapist and also being in. Um, the relationship that I'm in. I mean, my wife offers me so much space to process things with her. Um, and sometimes, I mean, I I was actually telling a friend a couple days ago that I learned to cry again, um, like moving my body in the way that I've been moving my body over the last few years because – Um, but, but going back to that, my wife is, she's such a safe space for me to process things. And she will just sit with me and say like, it's okay to cry, you know, and I will just let it out. Or sometimes, you know, I tell her like, I don't need advice. I just need to talk and get this out because I had this experience and I, yeah, I, I would say my wife and my therapist are the two, the two safest people for me to process all of this with Mm -hmm. and i i would also say like my classes you know i think that um teaching at the studio i teach at we incorporate like a theme in every class so um and we a lot of what the space is based off of is like vulnerability fostering connection with people and sharing your story and letting people know like hey we're all human we're all going through this It might look different for everybody. But by like sharing your story, it gives other people permission to say like, Oh my God, me too. Maybe not in the same exact way, but um, mm-hmm. I, I also think that my classes and my students have been a really big healing tool in helping me process everything.
0: Mm-hmm. What's um, what's a book that you would recommend that you've read recently for anybody listening? Okay.
1: So this book is called Survivor's, on the yoga mat. And um, it's just people sharing their stories of how they unpacked trauma through specifically through yoga. Um, and it's, um, it's, yeah, I, I mean, it goes into detail about like all different kinds of trauma that people have processed through movement. Um, okay, the second book um, is called Embodied Healing. Survivor and facilitator voices from the practice of trauma-sensitive yoga. And, um, yeah, it's it's really good. And this goes into more detail of tools. Um, so not just people's stories, but specific tools you could use, like, you know, like bringing your, your focus externally and then coming back in and going out, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I've there's um I don't have you read A Call of the Wild by Kimberly Ann Johnson? I have not. It's a good one. It's a, it's about the polyvagal theory, but she also offers tools on like how to handle things. So I, I know that my audience has probably heard me talk about that, but I wanted to throw it out since we're talking about it. And I haven't read it. And it's been recommended to me like I don't even know how many times it's probably a sin that I haven't read it yet. But I a I <laughs> the body keeps the score. I know it's yes. one that everyone should, oh should probably read, even though I haven't read it yet. <laughs> yes, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story and your knowledge with us. And where can everyone come find you if they would like to hang out with you some more?
1: Yeah. So um, my Instagram is at um, Lindsay dot yokum. So my first name dot my last name. Um, and um, that's primarily where I am. Um, if you're in like the Livingston County area or maybe like in Ann Arbor, um come take a class with me. I teach at the space. Um, It's in Brighton and your first class is free. So you don't really have anything to lose. Just show up. And
0: um, yeah, I would love to have you. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Align and Expand podcast. If you're an iTunes listener and you loved this episode, please leave a review And if you leave a review, send me a screenshot and then I will be sending you a special exclusive meditation made only for my listeners who are so kind enough to take time out of their day to leave a review of the podcast.